0: Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content.
1: Yep, basically we're just regular dudes drinking some highly irregular beer and talking about Magic, in particular MTG Arena, the online client.
0: Yes, and we're talking about that client's newest format. Um, Well, not the. there's going to be a newer one soon, but this is the newest one as of right now. Uh, It will have
1: held that title for like a few months.
0: (laughs) Just a few months, you know. (laughs) Um, We're talking all about the digital-only format, Alchemy, which isn't the only one, I guess. So I guess it doesn't even get that real title. But um, anyway, um, first got to talk about some beers. So each week we both bring a beer, we drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of Bronze to Mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap?
1: You know, we will be able to call it Arena's oldest digital-only. Digital first format or does historic still kind of i think
0: historic is
1: in on the other side of that i so think it's just got nothing
0: it's just the the second digital only format
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh poor alchemy even though historic is getting replaced with the digital only version of historic or, or non-digital only version? we can talk but about still... that <laughs> let's talk about beer jeff let's talk about the beer all right <laughs> So I brought a real nice one this week. It's called Grendel's Revenge. This will be uh, the beginning of our indie alehouse tap takeover that we'll be doing for the next couple episodes here. Um, Grendel's Revenge is a barrel-aged Oud Bruin, uh, or maybe Oud Bruin. I'm not sure. It's from the Flemish region of Belgium is where the name comes from, apparently. But basically, this is a beer style that's kind of like from what i can understand like farmhouse style from belgium with really long fermentation times so they like ferment the crap out of it this particular one was aged in port and madeira barrels and uh yeah it's a it's a multi vintage blend that i think uh, you were mentioning they said aged for like 1 to 3 years
0: yeah well jeff let's uh let's pop this cork open we haven't uh, i don't know if you've yeah. had one with the cork before so This might be a first. Yeah, we just had to open this on the show, right? Yeah. Like
1: we can't just crack it ahead of time.
0: All right. Ooh, I got the cage off. You ready? You got this? Oh I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Ooh. Okay.
1: It's it's a really long fork. There we go.
0: All right. Perfect. (laughs) Hopefully
1: the bikes pick that up. (laughs) We (laughs) can just do that for nothing. Not nearly as exciting.
0: Yeah. Ooh, but this color looks quite nice. Yes. I'm pretty excited for all the beers we got picked out for uh, these next couple episodes. So
1: Yes, there are some interesting ones for yes. sure.
0: <laughs> um, But this one smells delicious. All right. Jeff, as we're sipping on this thing, we have some magic news. Hooray! It is spoiler season once again. The Streets of New Capena story has just dropped, and each day we are getting a new uh, spoiled card, which I think is a really cool new way of doing the beginning of spoiler season kind of slow roll us um yeah
1: it's a really charming
0: idea so um i like that and you know jeff when there's a new story out makes it seem like we're gonna have a drunken vorthos episode pretty soon huh
1: i know that's what gets me most excited <laughs> yeah. you know like, yeah. not even reading the previews I'm like no this is like previews for drunken vorthos you know
0: exactly <laughs> so uh stay tuned for that in the future um it's gonna be happening Really excited for that. Always love a Drunken Vorthos episode. But we also have some rebalances that are needed very badly for alchemy. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get
1: get a little (laughs) more into that later. But these are absolutely necessary. Yeah.
0: Um, So apparently they will be implemented on April 7th. Uh, That weekend um, is the qualifier weekend. So that's only, they're getting implemented two days before that event happens, which is also alchemy. Um, however, we should know what the cards are or how they've been rebalanced, uh, this week at some point. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It seems like a really short period of time to like test. You can like guess, but you don't really get to play with the cards until the two days before.
1: I, I like this though. I think, so I think the only way to explain this from my vantage point and you know, who knows, could just be something totally different. But for whatever reason, actually implementing the changes will take time for the arena coders and staff mm-hmm. to actually make it happen. But the designers have already pretty much figured out what they want to do. And as we kind of mentioned, you, you can't you can't have the qualifier weekend be this format. No. That's, that should not be an option. So they've chosen the most logical option to me, which is show us what the cards are. We'll implement them as quickly as we can, but we'll guarantee this date, and that way you know for the big tournament that uh, you're not playing this uh, totally broken (laughs) format. You (laughs) get to play something that is a little, little uh, fixed. Shall we say? Yeah,
0: and we'll we'll talk about some of the cards that we are expecting to get fixed or changed uh, in this episode. Um, But something that they had said at the other the announcement or the discussion about the economy, um, which more about that in the last episode, but they were saying that they were thinking that the process to implement or to get rebalances is about three three or four weeks. It's kind of like a week okay. to figure out which cards need to be changed, a week to design them, and then a week to implement them. So now we're, we're in the, the middle of it right now. Uh, at least that's what they were kind of explaining, which, you know, makes sense to me. I'm happy with that. But um, hey, at least they are being transparent and telling us, what they're preparing to do and what they're trying to do. So uh, I do like that. I mean,
1: th- This was what the point of alchemy was, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to do stuff like this, whereas uh, maybe you couldn't get away with something like this in standard, you know, banning two days before a format or something like that. Um, this is much more reasonable.
0: Yeah. Because you also don't have to worry about finding the cards because they're already in your collection or easily yeah. Uh, available. Yeah. Um, Something that doesn't really make a ton of sense for the format that I thought was going to be faster standard. So, we found out about Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Now, on this show, we don't talk a lot about Commander because you can't really play Commander on Arena. But this is an exception, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) So, the paper product is coming out June 10th. However, they mentioned there is going to be Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate coming out on Arena sometime in July. Um, which will have some Commander Legends Baldurgate cards, Commander Legends other cards, cards from both of those products that were rebalanced for 1v1 and maybe some digital-only versions of cards. I don't really know. Why? What is happening?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one's a bit of a head-scratcher for me. So basically, as I understand it, this product will just like a lot of other products will come out with an alchemy version like it's a standard set mm-hmm. but of course it's not a standard set so it's going to come out with an even bigger alchemy <laughs> side set than most of the standard sets come out with but <laughs> like aren't we just making alchemy like mini historic now yeah but... I get it will rotate out I guess
0: right Eventually. will it I guess with that more be
1: replaced with another commander legends every year. You know, it's like the core set commander. I, legends
0: I don't, status. I don't understand. I, I'm really confused. What is they this? I love
1: these horizons sets, you know, just whatever horizons. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who wants this though. Like do, do alchemy players really overlap with the people who really love commander legends that much?
0: No. And I think this is something that we have learned um that maybe wizards hasn't learned yet so um we were really big into drafting fantasy players for um different <laughs> yeah. tournaments uh for for magic the gathering tournaments um because something we really thought was fun uh it, n- people didn't necessarily love listening to that so we stopped um
1: i'm happy to go out undefeated though you know for yeah every season i've played so
0: you know okay whatever Bringing that up again. Um, I lost. Everyone I lost, okay? But um, Wizards is just, they know that they're, they're, it seems like their main focus is get commander players playing Arena. And um, I don't think this is the way to do it. And adding, commander players want like three things, right? They want a big card pool so they can play with whatever they want. Arena will never have the card pool that Magic is. Just, just not going to happen. They want to be social and talk to their friends, which you can't on Arena because they haven't implemented a feature that does that. And they want to play multiplayer, which we also can't do on Arena. So just <laughs> give it up. Just don't,
1: don't. It's just different. It's, it's just different, different, man. Thing.
0: It's okay. It's, it's different.
1: Pretty much a different game.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Like, just let it go. Just don't. Why? Anyway. <laughs> We try not to complain too much on the show, but this is one of the ones that I just don't really understand. It's I a head
1: scratcher. It, it's a way to piss alchemy players off, like people mm-hmm. who are already pissed off about alchemy. i <laughs> not gonna
0: like this. No, it, and it also just seems like the opposite of what they wanted was, hey, here's a format that changes really quickly. Because I guess that's what it is. They're they're trying to pretend that it's not. It's a rotating format, but it's not standard at all. I don't know.
1: I thought it was just supposed to be standard. It gets some extra cards, the cards get nerfed and rebalanced, and that's it.
0: So now they're telling us it is a rotating format that has any product that has been put out, and we will...
1: I guess so, yeah. I
0: guess? With exceptions? Like,
1: maybe they're trying to make it diverge faster from standard. Like, I know that was originally their motivation in Historic, was like, oh, this just feels like...
0: Standard plus. The
1: standard sets mm-hmm. that rotate it out. It just feels like old standard. And people are sick of losing to those decks, so why don't we make this historic anthology where we put a bunch of, like, really old cards into the set that people like. And, hey, I love yeah, that. Accelerate it, it changes yeah. from standard.
0: I loved that because otherwise I couldn't play auras, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
1: But this one's a bit different because it's always supposed to kind of parallel standard, so... I don't know why you want it to diverge more quickly. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe this is just t- uh, them telling us that no, it wasn't supposed to do that. This must have been planned the whole time. Unless this is just like a, we're having some hard times with, with alchemy. Let's just change it completely. Well, drastic, <laughs> drastic changes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I honestly can't say, but we don't have a lot of information about it at the moment. So maybe they're just using the word alchemy for digital stuff and then it's really just in historic fuck if i know man um (laughs) but anyway um yeah let's talk about alchemy (laughs) as we're already (laughs) already in it um yeah there was a uh so like i was saying before last week we had a big talk about arena's economy and some ways that uh you can kind of tips and tricks to use the economy to you the the best that you basically can and and help you out Mm -hmm. the most and one of the things we said is all-access events are really great because you get to play with cards you don't own, and then you get to see if you want to craft them. And metagame challenges are really good for constructor players because the EV is very high. Well, this weekend, yeah. there was an all-access alchemy metagame challenge, which was awesome. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you. That's exactly what we were talking about. Um, and I was overjoyed <laughs> to, to see that. Um Jeff, did you have time to play in the the metagame challenge? I know you were doing things this weekend.
1: Yeah, so I didn't play in the metagame challenge because I I was busy in the weekend. But uh, I played a lot of alchemy, uh, you know, a little bit yesterday and then last week before the metagame challenge. So I feel like I have a good handle on where the format's at. (laughs) But luckily all of my losses didn't, you know, they were all free losses, so... Enough to, I didn't lose any gold.
0: Yeah, well that's good. I played some of the metagame challenge. I did not read it completely because well there was one thing on arena that they didn't actually like have a good breakdown of what it was. Um, you know, usually okay. they have like the little thing that says, hey, so this is you can use any cards from your collection or that, that aren't in your collection or whatever. Right. It didn't really say that. So I thought it was a best of one thing. Um I brought oh. a mono black best of one deck to the the first one I did, and um, it actually was the best run I had all weekend, but <laughs> but I wasn't playing against real decks, I was playing against a bunch of people's just decks they have, and I was like, ooh, sorry, I'm just playing Turgrid and discard spells. This is not fun for you. Um, yeah. So I didn't do extremely well, I think I went four and three, but uh, or whatever, um, but it was, or no, no, sorry, you, you, you're one loss and you're out, so it was four and one um right so uh and then after that i did just terribly really really bad um so i i have experience getting crushed in alchemy um after playing decks that were not meta alchemy decks so um but yes that was my experience as well Mm -hmm. um i would say my main
1: experience with alchemy was putting really cool cards in my deck and then discarding them (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much the, the main thing that I did. Yeah,
0: yeah. so basically from the um, set championship, uh, City Stalker Connoisseur became this huge card. And, it, you know, people were playing it before that, but now it's like a must-have. And then with a lot of the um, Neon Dynasty cards that came out, there were some more black card cards that were really good and mean and um in a good way i'm i'm happy that they're mean they're just very strong and very aggressively costed
1: right the raid on them is a little a little silly yeah
0: um <laughs> what the fuck is Undercity plunder like what the fuck is this card <laughs> yeah um it, why, i don't know like why is this a two for one <laughs>
1: I just, like, is there just any way it's not a two for one?
0: (laughs) So um, uh, if you don't remember, Under City Plunder is the one in a black for the sorcery that your opponent has to discard a card, and they can choose to discard another card, but if they don't, then you draw a card out of their deck, and then you can spend any mana, uh, you conjure a card, so you don't actually, like, uh, take theirs, but you get one of their cards in their deck, and you can spend any mana to, to cast it.
1: Oh, it doesn't say you get the shittiest card in their deck? Oh, well, that was my experience with the card. (laughs) Oh, you didn't? I I also got
0: only lands, but...
1: You get a land? No, no, not unless you need a land. Mm -hmm. Then then you get some, like, card that costs, like, eight mana, and you're like, why are you playing this? Is this tech against Undercity Plunder? But, (laughs) um, yeah, so my initial uh, deck that I whipped together was uh, Ninjas, obviously. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, hey, there are some really good cheap black cards. You know, the one that lets you draw two, and then it makes all your expensive stuff cost less. But I'm a ninja stack, I don't have any expensive stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's literally just a draw two for two. Uh, And then Under City Plunder, which, like you said, is just basically a a two for one. And then there were some decent ninjas that that came out that I also uh, blew some wild cards on. Like the one that uh, makes rats um, when it hits them. Uh, Which is actually a pretty good card, but... I've found out that it is an absolute lightning rod for removal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It never survives. And and I was having a lot of fun, but I was just kind of losing the mid-range war to all of the, you know, City Stalker connoisseur decks that were playing all of the stupid black two-for-ones that I was playing, but also a couple more stupid black two-for-ones than I had. So, Um. Like, when you're, my deck had to actually get in with a creature to two-for-one them, or to gain advantage, their deck just had to have the creature and cast it at some point, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had a bit of an advantage over me. But I had some really l- razor-thin uh, matches with that one, um, especially, I noticed you put something as some little tech that, I, I also discovered that tech against the discard mania, mm-hmm. and that helped even my matchup a bit, but... Uh, not quite all the way there.
0: Yeah, so the this tech, um, I'm sure everyone who's played Alchemy knows what we're talking about, um, is a card from Kaldheim that I didn't think I'd ever play, um, but uh, Orvar, the all form, is, uh, yeah. is the tech, because when you discard it, you it does something. So if, or if you're forced right. to discard it, you it does something. Um, I never thought that a card that had the text like, when an opponent... Like and when in a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this thing, do this thing. All those cards always seemed like shit, like always, and yeah, <laughs> and uh, this just like
1: sometimes they see play in older formats just as like anti seize tech. You put one in your sideboard as a gotcha or something. It's
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: okay, well that's it, very specific. I they have to Thoughtseize you when that's your only choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. Um, but this one, so. When you discard this card, you get to create a token that's a copy of Target Permanent. So, in a situation that I was in, um, where I was playing this mono-black discard deck, uh, I, oh, no, no, I think I was playing a a different one. I I had, um, it it was a different deck I was playing, which was this uh, demir bullshit, still discard stuff, because if you're playing black, you're playing discard shit. Um, Anyway.
1: Yeah. Of course.
0: So it was like turn three and they were on one land. And I had a Kaito. Um, No, it must have been turn four. So I had a Kaito and like one of the ninjas and some stuff. And uh, I went to Undercity plunder them because they were on one land and just getting screwed. And doing the oops. Oh, well, the game's over. I don't have anything. So I play this. They discard two Orvars. From my one undercity plunderer, because they decide to discard another one, they make their own Kaito and they take a land from me, and so now they're back in the game, and then they fucking swing back and destroy me, and it was just the, they lulled you into the false they, sense of security. They're like, "Come on, buddy." They I really know you did want to cast undercity plunder. They like went turn to no land. Oops, and then just like waited for me to try to. <laughs> Thoughts or um, uh, mind rot. just
1: killed them with your stupid one-one ninja. I, yeah, just attack every turn and pass. I should have <laughs> until they decide to play just the lands every in turn their hand. a card and pass. It was
0: yeah. it was really brutal. Um, but uh, so I'm I like I think it's cool that you know Orvar gets to be in the sideboard and and play this pivotal role is really cool. Um, it's also a four drop, so um, City Stalker Connoisseur hits it often. Um, Which
1: is. The best, by the way,
0: because yeah. then you copy
1: the City Stalker Connoisseur and you kind of do it right back to them. Mm-hmm. So it's like counters the City Stalker Connoisseur, sort of, where you both get a 3-3, but they actually have to discard the, their best card rather than you, Yeah. Um, which is what made me think to bring it in, and I was lucky that I just happened to have two in my collection, probably from like time sealed events or some shit. I wouldn't recommend crafting them because, you know, we'll get to the changes that are coming a little later, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's not worth a mythic rare wild card, I don't think. So I just had, like, two in my sideboard, but I would have played the full four if I hadn't.
0: Yeah, I think I only had two as well, um, just because same situation. I didn't want to craft the rest of them, uh, because it was never a card I had used in any other situation. But, uh, wow, Um, kind of through all this, and you had hinted at the card, the um, painful offering, which is the uh, instant speed draw two, and then your cards hurt you when you play them. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the ones with mana value three or greater. Um, yeah, something's, something's, something's going to happen just because black is the color to play. If you, I, I think like, do you feel the same way? If you don't play black in alchemy, you're probably doing it wrong.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's just, it got so many super powerful cards that there's just not a lot you can do about them. They're just like cheap, efficient two for ones. mm mm-hmm. Or if it's city stalker kind of sir, it's really like a three for one a lot of the time because it, um, it'll usually get in like six damage trade with something and make you discard a relevant spell. You can't even usually get a get it to discard a land. It's always gonna hit something, so it's just like when you pile up six damage trades with your best thing because it has death touch and then also. Uh, gets rid of your another one of your best things. It's pretty fair to call that card like a three for one, a huge
0: amount of the time. Yeah, it can also fuck people up if they're holding like Agadeem's Awakening or any of those like um, yeah yeah
1: I got hit by that a lot
0: expensive spell lands that they haven't played. Um, it happens to me when I was playing the White One with the Angels, um, and you're like, "Fuck! I needed that land. That was my fourth land." And you're like, "All right, well now I just have to play those on turn one because I don't want it to get eaten out of my hand." That does
1: make me think of, though, your double Orvar story. made me think of my double Orvar story. (laughs) The best thing that I had with Orvar, which was to kill a um, graveyard trespasser. And I get, like, I've brought it upon Mm -hmm. myself to do that discard, right? Because I had these Orvars rotting in my hand. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm pretty (laughs) sure I could just... Because I thought they had to do it to me for some reason. I was like, the game doesn't know that I triggered this ward and refused. Like, okay. So I kill the graveyard trespasser, discard my Orvar to the ward trigger, copy the graveyard trespasser, discarding my other Orvar to that ward trigger, and then just copy something that I had so I didn't have to discard another card. But I was like, wait, I think I can get all my Orvars onto the battlefield because they have a single Graveyard Trespasser. Just always copy that one and the last one copies something else.
0: That's cool. Uh, because because the ward is forcing you to discard a card and it's, an opponent, yeah. uh, it's opponent's ability? Yeah. That is cool. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. Wow.
1: That was one of the games I managed to win but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah after doing that you know turns out it double, was still close yeah double o- close. orvaring is uh is pretty good it's a good good thing to do you should do it if you can um but besides that like the whole meta is like Orzov, rakdos mardu grixis Dimir, <laughs> Esper. oh yeah
1: I, I didn't play against a deck that was not a black midrange deck yeah like I think the weirdest deck, quote unquote weirdest deck I played against was a Golgari mid-range deck. And that was clearly somebody who took basically just liked Golgari for whatever reason, took this the stockpile of black cards all these decks are playing, and then filled it out with some green cards. Like absolutely thrashed me with a culling ritual against my Ooh, unsuspecting ninjas deck. <laughs> that is
0: rough. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. I was,
1: He was like, okay, wipe your board that generates eight mana for me. Play three things, you go. I was like,
0: huh. Fuck, okay. I
1: I was like, there's no way I can lose this game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no
0: way I can win this
1: game. (laughs) Really fast.
0: Oh, yikes, that's so rough. (laughs) I forgot
1: about Culling Ritual. (laughs) Because I was like, even if they wipe the board, I still have man lands. And I'll just, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, whatever land it was. High type of the Eye Tyrant. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was even the Frost the frost giants one but i was like oh even if they tap out to wipe my board i'll just attack them for the win so i so i committed right mm-hmm. and then culling ritual and play a bunch of blockers was uh, as it turns out enough and i was like I forgot about that one for- forgot about that
0: <laughs> yeah you don't.
1: <laughs> i was thinking like uh hook massacre was like the worst thing for me mm-hmm.
0: but no. turns out no Oh, yeah, who plays calling ritual. That's awesome. I'm that's that's yeah. exciting. Um I
1: had to respect it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Um I uh I did play against a simic mill deck that was uh very strange. But it, <laughs> but the whole thing was like instead of playing is it where you're trying to copy stuff, it was like, "Hey, I'm going to play all the mill cards and then green cards that regrow my my mill cards so that if I discard them, I draw them again. I was like, gotcha. The
1: the really slow copy. Yeah.
0: Really, really slow, (laughs) (laughs) slow copy. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that wasn't the best thing. And this was one of the off meta decks where I'm like, this is so interesting. I think some of these events, if you do it on the first day, because I I was playing on Friday and, uh, so people had not went seven Oh and posted their, their list or something yet. Right. So a lot of people are just like, let's see what it is, um, which was a lot of fun. I played against like a Boros equipment deck that uh, was, well, not happy to say the least. I felt, I felt bad. That was a, that was a, sorry. I wonder if there's some amount of like,
1: early on, you get people who play alchemy and want to try something other than the black decks mm-hmm. and see if they're worth, without actually wasting wild cards on them. As you go through, it becomes more and more people that want to th- see if they should craft the black deck. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just playing like the black deck by the end. But at the start, you actually get some people trying some really wonky stuff.
0: Yeah, I wish we could have caught more people early because now it's like, well, if you crafted a bunch of undercity plunders or some of these cards, they may get nerfed and they yeah be pretty bad.
1: I don't see a world where City Stalker kind of serve remains the same.
0: And that was buffed, too. City Stalker was buffed. Yeah.
1: yeah. It maybe just didn't need the buff. <laughs>
0: I guess so. It was just supposed to be... Like, I think it was buffed, so it had... It was just like a point of... T- I actually don't remember what that buff was. I
1: think it was like a 3-2 without Death Touch before or something. And now it's a 3-3 with Death Touch. Something like that.
0: Yeah, they just tried to make it so it, you had to spend more mana to kill it, I guess. Um mm-hmm. Which is one card, like, uh, Molten Impact also surprised me at how, not how much people were playing it, but how un- horrible it is. I, <laughs> I was old, like, yeah. it's so mad where I'm like playing creatures, and I'm like, oh sick, okay, well this one's a four or five, so I'm safe from that removal spell, because you know, in your mind you're used to, okay, well if I can get above a certain uh, toughness, I'm fine. But of course they played yeah. that freaking thing on a 1-1 one, one, and then they just like obliterated my other card. I'm like, "Well, that's yeah, that's so
1: <laughs>
0: that's so rough." Um so I hope that they bring that uh maybe bring it down a point, you know? Maybe it just deals 3 damage, mm-hmm. you know? That'd be I think that'd be fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what has to change with Undercity Plunder, but something. <laughs> I mean, it's just like uh, I, when I saw it, I wondered if the fact that the card was random was enough to make it, like, not that good. But it's still just very, very good. Like, on both sides. When I cast it, I'm always happy. It's... And when my opponent casts it, I'm always sad. So Yeah. I th- Unless I have two Orvars in my hand, of course. Yeah, yeah. That never happened to me.
0: Yeah, I think they should just, like, take some... Like, if it did what it did, but it didn't hit me so hard, I think I'd feel better about it. Um Right because it just it just wallops you and like it's so like you trade off a real strong creature for it. So um I don't know.
1: Yeah, like uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's just no way out of out of some of these cards. Um and it it feels like, you know, there is some counterplay. Like against Undercity Plunder, I can hold a land mm-hmm. that I if I think they're going to have it later on in the game and discard the second land and then they uh they don't get their card either but that doesn't feel great like they Mm-mm. still only cast two mana on this thing and i had to, still had to discard two cards like and i missed a land drop you know at some point yeah. to, to do that like does even discarding two lands you're like that's that's still pretty harsh <laughs> for a two mana card
0: just you shouldn't be able to mind rot me for two like
1: it's crazy how mind rot sucks for three but is so good for two right um But we kind of already learned that with, like, go blank being crazy playable. You don't have to add that much to Mind Rot Mm -hmm. to make it good. Yeah. And taking away a whole mana is adding a hell of a lot.
0: So much. Fuck. Especially if you've mulliganed. Fuck. It's so rough. Um, Which is so... Oh, yeah. Initially... All these discard spells were coming into this this format, and I was so stoked, because I do like discard stuff. Like, I'm really... It's not like oh, yeah. I'm against this. Like, it's so cool, and I always... This, this is, like, my style of deck. And yeah. But I, I like it to be good,
1: but I not this good.
0: Yeah. You want it... It's, it's the same thing as, like, the auras, right? Where I like auras, but I want it to be fringe, and auras, in, in general, like, have a... They're a glass cannon, so, like, they're never going to be too good, really. Right. But...
1: It's easy for them to, like, turn the dials and print stuff that hates on it.
0: Yeah, or just, like, generically, like, people just have to build with that in mind. Um, it's right. much harder to do that against this. There have to be way more cards that say, when you discard this, things happen. Um, people
1: are stuffing Orvars into, this de- into their decks and still losing to this. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: like That's what's crazy. The non-blue deck, <laughs> main decks, like, three or four Orvars just for this... <laughs> situation (laughs) it's like oh
1: god it's excessive like i i like i wouldn't mind you know black mid-range to be a tier one deck i just would like there to be other tier one decks Mm -hmm. as well i don't want it to be all of tier one and most of tier two it's like a black mid-range it's
0: ridiculous it's so it's so crazy um i do wonder uh do they think it was okay because they printed that artifact in uh, neon dynasty the the uncommon containment dude what is his name the 2 1 that uh, oh, it, I whenever I don't you
1: know what you about. There's,
0: there's a 2 1 in Neon Dynasty. It's an artifact that when you ever you discard a card, you can play it until end of turn.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> They're like, oh,
0: <laughs> there you go. You have to discard this just thing. Just hold up whatever. an
1: instant, and then when they make you discard it, get them. Get them. Um, then it's just a 1 for 1 and you're not 2 for 1. But you did have to play this shitty artifact, so I guess you kind of got 2 for 1. To- they make you discard on their turn. It can't be a creature, right? Or is it until the end of your next turn or something?
0: No, it, it, they would make it, yeah, it wouldn't really work. Unless it was like an instant oh. or something. Um,
1: yeah, but it, then, you, then it's just going to be a removal spell that like trades with the, the thing anyways. You still got two for one. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so this card I hadn't ever played, but happened to be in this random black discard deck that I played was uh, Gutmorn Pact Bound Servant. Do you remember this from the first Innistrad uh, Alchemy release? Uh, it's a mythic, so probably not, because I tend Absolutely
1: to not, not
0: no. think <laughs> of the mythics. But this card is pretty interesting. So uh, it's a legendary demon creature, and it's a 1-3 with flying and death touch. And it says, when it enters the battlefield, each player discards a non-land card. All right, so you both discard. That's a fair discard spell? I get it. They also says, whenever a player discards a card during your turn, that player... Um, they choose another player, and then that player conjures a duplicate of that card into their hand, and it perpetually gains, when you spend mana, you can, you can cast it for whatever mana that you have. Um, so the yeah. idea is that this is like the last card you play in your hand, you don't discard a card, they have to discard their card, and then you get a copy of it, and you can play it. Um, okay. It's very weird, and it's hard to play, because it's confusing. And yeah. um, it works really well with those decks, Except for when you play your card, sometimes you discard a good card that's a discard spell that you give them that they get you with. Yeah. And, it's, and then right. when you discard cards on your turn, then they get... It's really confusing. So, <laughs> But the coolest thing that happened was I was playing this mono black discard deck with this guy against mono white that have that... Um, the 3-1 the that when you play it... Sigardian uh, Evangel... That's the 3-1 that when you play it, you get another one in your hand. And then yes. at the end of turn, you have to discard all your extra <laughs> copies. So then so they would play so that. So, <laughs> so they would play that, uh, tap down a bunch of things, makes a bunch of them, discard their last copy. It goes to me. I have it now. I play mine. I keep conjuring more. And then I'm getting their their white lands that they're discarding. So I'm playing a bunch of those. And then I have a copy left in my hand at the end of my turn. So I discard it, and it goes back to them. And it, just, it was this weird cycle. <laughs> And Everyone's it was
1: just playing all these Cigarian <laughs> Saviors.
0: And that, it basically went down to counting up how many blockers we had and if you could tap down enough things to attack. Um, For it sure, was yeah. the most ridiculous game. I stabilized at three life and was able to win through this weird thing. Oh, God. It was just the most ridiculous thing that I didn't even think of in my mind that that was the re- like something the cards could do
1: right but, you wouldn't like when for some reason when i imagined conjuring cards into your hand i was imagine them just like poofing away into exile after not actually being discarded so i wouldn't think of them triggering that weird thing
0: yeah it's it's kind of like when you play your um sanguine brushstroke and then you like lose your blood artist but then you can reanimate it later
1: right I was, that, yeah it, it always felt weird to me that i could do that at first mm-hmm um yeah that card is that you were just talking about is definitely mm-hmm. one of those cards where i would read it then read it again and then be kind of like you know what i'm gonna see what happens <laughs> so i don't am not sure off the initial read i actually understand what's gonna happen when this card enters the
0: battle yes <laughs> and um this is the one thing that i was happy so all access alchemy event i play it i would have never crafted these mythic cards that i've never played with exactly, i don't understand yeah. how the card works I play it, I realize, I don't really think it's that good. It's too hard to play with. I don't want to play this card. But I'm happy that I played it. Um, and when
1: other people are all are constantly making you discard, it feels like actively a downside. Yes. To have this thing.
0: It's, But it only, so it only does that when it's your turn. Do cards go to the other people.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Oh no, that's it's when, negative. wait, 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 no, that's not true. Because when they would discard on their turn, I would still get it.
1: the Guardian Saviors, right?
0: Yeah. Maybe that's a bug then. Because I was getting cards maybe I shouldn't have gotten. And I thought it wouldn't work that way, but it did. I don't know. I still don't know how this card works.
1: (laughs) See? That's what I was saying. Do you remember that green one? A green one they released in the first alchemy set that like everybody read it and everybody had a different idea about what it did. Oh but basically yeah, grizzled it, like, Huntmaster. discard <laughs> yeah. creature it lets you like discard creatures out of your hand to go get one from your sideboard and replace it. But you could also for some reason like purge them all from your deck if you felt like it. So <laughs> it was like very strange uh text that everyone was like, wait a minute, how does this, how many cards do I get if I do this? How does this card work? Is it card advantage? I don't even know. I don't think it is. I think it's <laughs> yeah. just like you get rid of shitty Land of war elves in the late game. Yeah, and exactly. them with awesome big monsters. But
0: <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I literally had
1: to just play. I like crafted one so that I could just play a game and play it and see what happens when I do it. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> just what to what understand.
0: Is <laughs> Which is what's great about these all-access events, because that's, re- you know... Literally, that's like a bunch of if I this cool design possibly. Um, if I don't understand it, I'm just gonna be like, no, I tap out, man. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So
1: so I thought the card was awesome because I was like, if I discard land where else, and then get the three other land where else out of my deck, I go get like four cards. And I was like, that can't be how it works, but it seems like that's what it says. <laughs>
0: so in the end, ultimately through this whole discussion, more all access events. is really great. Even if you have to pay, like, a little bit for them. Like, this is, like, 2,000 gold or something. Not a big mm-hmm. deal to me. I I got to learn a lot. And a lot was only craft the black cards. <laughs> Those are the ones that seem great until they get nerfed, probably. So, sorry, yeah. rebalanced. I mean, they t- get rebalanced.
1: 2,000 gold is what, like, hopefully three days of yeah. doing your challenges. Um, or, like, three... I mean, it doesn't have to be three straight days, but it's like three, uh, what, do you, what do you call those? Reward challenge things. Daily quests. Daily quests, yeah. Uh, because if you listen to last week's episode, you know to always re-roll for the 750.
0: Mm-hmm. Always re-roll.
1: And so you hopefully can get two 750s and a 500 in three quests, and uh, there's your 2000.
0: Yeah. Also, you do get 15 wins uh, per week, and then your certain ones during each day. Uh, so those always right. just kind of If you don't jump manage to there. get
1: the second 750, hopefully you, mm-hmm. you should still get there. If you get only 500s, it might it might yeah. take you four days. <laughs> but
0: in any case, I thought it was a great event this weekend. Really, really glad that they did that, and I want more of that, and a more right after new cards come out, or close to. You know, maybe it's like the first weekend they don't, but then the weekend after that they do, right? Yeah. Because they still want to make their money somehow, so there's no way we're going to stop that. But, hey, I'll take what I can get. So, Jeff, I am uh, just about finished with this beer, so let's go on a beer break and uh, finish everything, our alchemy talk after that. Sounds good to me. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over at Patreon.
1: That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener. But if you want to support the show even more, head over to the Patreon That's the best way to do that.
0: Yeah, and when you become a patron, you get an exclusive invite to our after party, which is a mini episode recorded immediately after this one where we ramble on about stuff that sometimes is not magic, but sometimes it is about magic.
1: Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by buying that co-host a beer, and if you just can't decide, you know what? You could buy us a whole bar.
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's true you could buy us uh, our own bar uh, that we may mismanage probably most likely it will be run into the ground if you do <laughs> but if you do want to take a take a chance on us so go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to buy us a bar
1: yeah we appreciate it all right zach what do we got here
0: oh not not even a cool pop sound Uh, so this one, this one does not have a cork, um, but this is Indie Ale House's Shadow Chaser. So, it's an IPA, and they say on the label, and, uh, one word to describe this IPA is dank. Um, so, yeah, I don't, that's not, like, an appealing beer word to me. I know it's, like, a weed word, you know, dank is, like, a good weed word, but, um, Anyway, it's a an IPA with Idaho Seven Citra and Sabra hops, and it's five point five percent. But the main thing about it is that it has the most horrifying picture on the label. <laughs>
1: yeah, I really hate it.
0: <laughs> it's a it is a bad trip. If uh, yeah, this, don't don't look at this. Just in general, just don't look at it. Um, if you want to, go to our Instagram. You can see all the labels there. But holy shit, this is the scariest thing. They So Indie house does this. <clears throat> we had done their Instigator IPA, which is their flagship IPA, which also has a horrifying mm-hmm. picture of a man. This one is so much worse than that one. So if you know Instigator, yeah. um, just go to our Instagram, at Arena Regulars, check out this picture because it is... Fucking scary as shit. Like it will haunt your dreams. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm a grown man, and I. <laughs> I
1: You're gonna say it was dank. <laughs> it was dank.
0: Um. Yeah. It, it's so funny because like dank is not a word that I use or like is um something I would describe food or uh, uh, like drinks as, but um, it's definitely one of those words that uh, stoners use a lot. Um, Jeff, do you ever, do you use the word dank? <laughs> Just. <laughs>
1: I never use the word damp. Okay, yeah.
0: all right, perfect. So it's just my fiancé then, perfect. Um.
1: No, my brother uses it a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think we looked it up once, and it, it, like, someone translated it as, like, debatably damp. Ew, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I that. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> so it's not obviously damp, it might be damp. And then we had a fun conversation figuring out, you know, what would happen if something were debatably dank so we went, ended up pretty far down the rabbit hole as you can imagine
0: it's dank, debatably <laughs> debatably it's dank. um yeah. <laughs> but you know what's not debatable that alchemy needs some fucking changes to happen to that fucking format
1: <laughs> <laughs> alchemy is debatably dank
0: yes <laughs> uh, oh god anyway um Jeff, tell us about some of your brews, your alchemy brews.
1: Yeah, so when last we left off, our heroes were trying to combat the uh, black discard (laughs) midrange menace that had been plaguing the countryside in alchemy for uh, days. And uh, (laughs) so I had this brilliant idea, because I don't know if um, you remember this, but a few weeks ago I talked about a standard deck I was working on. And it was a uh, white-based reanimator deck right and one of the interesting parts about this deck is I often had very expensive cards in my hand that I couldn't cast and I really wanted in my graveyard so I had the genius idea that to let my opponents do that for me so I basically took that standard list that I'd built cut the (laughs) crappiest cards and replaced them with four key to the archives because you know that's what you do, and QD Archive lets you discard a card, something people often forget about that, but you, you have to discard oh. something to make room for the thing you get. Uh, wow. And I started playing this deck, and it was so much fun. I was just like, all, people would play their City Stalker Connoisseur, make me discard my Ajin Gataxia, so then I would bring it back, and they would have a real hard time to win from there. Um, the problem, the one flaw, the one flaw in my plan is it is these goddamn black decks have so much incidental graveyard hate as well as all the other <laughs> shit that they do. They're also just really good at exiling stuff from your graveyard with their cards that they want to play anyways. Like they have the Hive of the Eye Tyrant. They have the Graveyard Trespasser. They usually all have something else in the sideboard. Like Go Blank is all, often like something you see around all the time. And so it didn't work as triumphantly as I thought, but I did get some fun and close matches out of it. But at first I was like, ha, these fools will make me discard my cards. Do my work for me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <you know.
0: laughs> yeah.
1: and they did. And then they would play Graveyard Trespasser <laughs> <in Exile laughs> and exactly. for one. <laughs> so. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. So. <clears throat> Like, I guess gone are the days of Black not being able to touch other Black cards. Remember that? Where it's like, oh, hey, Black cards kill everything except for other Black cards. Um,
1: Right. Yeah, the old dark banishing.
0: Yeah, terror, terror all that kind of stuff. Um, Which kind of makes sense flavorfully, but uh, this is funny because it's now, oh, Black is really good against things that Black likes to do, like reanimate shit. Um, Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, it was like the white reanimator deck was getting beat by the black uh, I don't know agro deck kind of thing. Um, I did have an interesting time when my opponent cast Jin Gytaxius because that is what they stole off the Undercity Plunder they had cast on me earlier in the game. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. And they just got to eight mana and cast it. That's cool. Uh- <laughs> and
0: they're like. um, I'm going to double all of my discard spells <laughs> and you can't play.
1: Yeah. I just really hope I at least got a chuckle. or do what the, f- a WTF out of my opponent when they hit. I discard like Island and then they, they get Jim Gataxius mm-hmm. into their hands. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> what am I playing against? That's so,
0: that's Oh
1: God. I, I still stand by that being so fun though. There's nothing better than reanimating, uh, you know, the, the lore holds dragon and putting five counters on it or four counters on it and then hitting them and casting like a eight or eight or nine mana spell
0: that sounds so fun like so cool i love the idea of um you know the three the <laughs> three animator the reanimator um Strategy has three different quadrants that you need in your deck, and just cutting one of the quadrants and being like, my opponent will do that one for me. I love that. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm not <laughs> going to play any, like, I'll still play... Um,
0: Key, but like... Uh, the good one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, but everything else is like, they're going to make me discard cards, and it's fine.
1: Yeah, I really don't need discard outlets. I could just focus on like removal spells Mm -hmm. and like looting, or like uh, sorry, not looting, like actual card advantage to get through my deck rather than wasting all this time on looting. Mm It was, it was a lot of fun but oh. like it, just imagine there's a meta shift and nobody plays discard and my deck just does nothing yeah <laughs>
0: the, the first couple matches will be like oh this is really embarrassing they're like what the fuck is this deck what are they doing they're playing reanimator what doing? yeah the only way they discard cards is key to the archive <laughs> like what's going on oh god is this plan really
1: to get to eight mana and cast Jenga Taxi? Is that even that good at that yeah, point? Yeah, it's like, eh,
0: but not ramping into it? Like, what are you doing? I guess key ramps, but anyway, that's awesome. I uh, I like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obviously had my two, my pair of Orvars in there. You know, mm-hmm. like you gotta, yeah, you and you can, do, yeah. you can actually play
0: them too. That, that makes a little bit more sense than when I was playing them and they were literally just to sit in my hand.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I could reanimate them if I need to. I don't re- actually remember what the main text on Orvar does. I only play it for the other text.
0: But the, which is it, hol- it copies stuff somehow. But, <laughs> like, the thing about Orvar, it's just hilarious because that card, the only reason that you would play it before is because you could target things and, like, copy the, the cards that you targeted. Um, It's just... Yep. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> they're like forget whatever text on the back or the bottom oh, yeah
1: that's what it does if i target it with a spell i get to copy do i copy the spell or the thing
0: i think I you, um let me look it up again i think you copy the <laughs> this sp- i would think you copy the spell but is it the thing um as i i don't know already closed out in my orvar tab from earlier when i was looking at it just for the bottom part of the text <laughs> yeah. whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell if it targets like one or more other permanents you control create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents it creates tokens of the permanents okay yeah so it like
1: copies the thing you're putting pump spells on this would be pretty good in azorius auras you know because like you just copy your uh you're not SRAM, but the one that's not legendary, you know? That seems pretty sweet.
0: No, it, it says instance and sorceries though.
1: Yeah, but sometimes you have those hexproof ones, right? Or the protection ones? You know, like dive down?
0: The, well, sometimes yeah. You, like,
1: dive down your, uh, your guy and then to get another one. That's pretty good.
0: That's true. I would hope to have more <laughs> more, like most of the deck is auras, which wouldn't work with this. I'd probably want a deck that was uh, heavier on uh, other spells that may be targeted and copied stuff in a different way so you get I to think orvar double copy tech
1: for azorius auras if you're playing azorius auras out there crap for orvar slap it in get rid of your auras replace them with instants and sorceries to work with orvar and then we're there you get to copy your uh, spell dancer.
0: yeah and then you can't play lurus anymore and uh the only format lurus is uh, you know, uh legal lurus end. isn't
1: long for this world anyways <laughs>
0: Wait, now, buy your copies now in, uh, in paper, I guess, because they're all kind of they're plummeting. Oh, yeah,
1: because he might be banned in the new format that they're
0: about to release.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, god I wouldn't even be
1: that surprised if that format came with, like, a pre-ban on
0: Lewis. You know what's going to happen is that format... Is gonna come with a fucking Commander Legends just injected into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever the hell it's called. Maybe that format is called like AIchemy, like a capital I, <laughs> C A G M Y. That explains this product.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's not
1: going into alchemy, guys. It's going into AIchemy.
0: Maybe it's just yeah. called Legends, and it's just like <laughs> fucking Commander Legends bullshit and some other stuff. <laughs>
1: Or it's just called Commander to try to fool Commander players into coming and playing. <laughs> Literally <laughs> you the put same. Put that past them at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so then all the the Wizards Commander...
1: official sanctioned format Commander. Commander,
0: and, and now they're calling all the Commander products like EDH is different than oh god that would be so annoying. Um... <laughs>
1: oh, they would hate that.
0: God, what is going on with these formats? <laughs> like I just don't know what's going on. Um...
1: <laughs> Sometimes it just feels like some of the teams are working without talking to each other at all, which can happen in big businesses. Right? Yeah, Where, like you have some last minute stuff you gotta do to like like the entire. Oh, shit, you guys were working on that. We were yeah we were working on this other format.
0: <laughs> it's like the entire War of the Spark novel slash all of it um, was all completely off, right? So it's like obviously no one was talking. It seems like they might still have some of those similar issues. I I don't know. It's like <laughs> so we had planned to talk about alchemy for this whole time, but it's really hard when you know the cards are getting changed and they fucking <laughs> added a bunch of cards <laughs> in the summertime that are not standard legal. I don't I don't understand. Okay, um, but I do have a, a topic then if we
1: mm-hmm. want to continue the alchemy talk.
0: Let's get us back on track, Jeff. You we've talked you keep us on track. Yeah,
1: we've talked a lot about cards that must be nerfed. So all these black cards we're talking about must be nerfed. Is there any card, or as they've shown a propensity to do in the past, whole mechanic that you would like to see buffed?
0: Yes. I would like them to take the samurai mechanic from the last set and change it completely and (laughs) redo every card.
1: (laughs) I would like them to replace all of those samurai cards instead of with the weird exalted stuff. Give them bushido for the love of God! Can kind I of get bushido back on all of the samurais? Every single samurai should have bushido.
0: Yeah, uh, and change like none of them have can the you other. Imagine types. if
1: that's the change. There are no changes to any of the characters. They change the <laughs> samurais back to bushido to be, to compete with the black decks.
0: So to compete with your ninja deck, that like the ninja deck is overpowered. We need more <laughs> <Yeah>. bushido. <laughs> Because we need people to block, damn it! Cards. We need blockers. We need people blocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think they need to make uh, Dragonfly suit better. <clears throat> <laughs> is what they need
1: to do. Yeah. <laughs> They need more cards that <laughs> reference it too. There's not enough yeah. references to Dragonfly suit currently yeah. for so, you know such a such an important part of the story and the lore overall lore of Kenny
0: Gallow. Yeah, so they have the Dragonfly suit, they have the Dragonfly pilot. I wanna know who designed the Dragonfly suit. Um was it from exactly. France? Was there like a some sort of catwalk where we got to see the suit on display beforehand? Um are people... Maybe nerf it so it's legendary
1: because it's a little, you know, excessive.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, just when people have, like, six dragonfly suits. Feels
0: yeah, it's, it's a little over... Outrageous. It's a, too OP right now, so you just... Um, yeah, make it legendary. Yeah. Um, put it in the story. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but um, something's got to happen with dragonfly suit, honestly.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Just like, just, like, change the story so that, you know, like, Teferi was wearing it, you know? and i know he's not even in the story but just like it cuts to him wearing it
0: yeah totally 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 yeah so (laughs) or
1: or he was wearing it in like the innistrad story
0: that that is why he could slow the sunset exactly
1: um i would love you know speaking a little more real uh (laughs) i would love if some of the key party cards like the party enablers just got a bit of a buff so that you would actually consider playing them like like you know how they buffed uh Dungeon Descent. Yeah. I feel like they could also buff Base Camp because Base Camp was another land that was inexplicably terrible. Like they just went so hard on making this land unplayable that uh I I could see them change that land so that you could actually play a three-color party deck cuz that's one of the biggest problems. It's so hard to do to do cuz there's no there's no three-color enabler. And then make a couple of the, you know, pay quote-unquote payoff cards, like the four-drop that makes soldiers, whatever, and the Linvala. Just give them a little more juice, kind of like they did with the Venture mechanic.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would also like that. That, that was something that, um, that people have been asking for from, like, the beginning of Alchemy, being like, what about base camp? Like, what's going on with that, right? Um, I, I still can't believe they did
1: us dirty by having, like, no party in the D&D set. <laughs> I was like, oh, party's clearly a a setup for the D&D set, and then party just... Nope, party just continued
0: to suck forever. It seems like (laughs) Even though
1: people still love it and wanted it to be good.
0: It seems like a home run slam dunk. I don't understand why they would present it like seven, eight months before the D&D set and just like skip the whole party thing. It's just so weird to me. Like, why?
1: I think it was what we were talking about, like miscommunication. Like, it was a mechanic that was supposed to be in the D&D set and then got moved, or the D&D set was... Not supposed to be the D and D set until pretty late, and they had already used party in this, and then they're just let's not reference that mechanic we made. That's clearly a like I would have been like, oh, the D and D set got approved after we already put party to print. That's the luckiest thing that's ever happened to us. Let's let's yeah. you know go hard on that. <laughs> like, like,
0: but you, the thing I know. Okay, this has nothing to do with what we were talking about this episode. But like, you <laughs> you could have just changed some of the creature types that don't like it doesn't matter just change the creature types so they fit into party right you don't even have to add party or anything no they actually went out of their way to make
1: stuff in a dD set like not a rogue
0: or like fucking yeah. warlocks like, and the shit yeah like God. So,
1: so obviously a rogue
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i just i can't i can't
1: like parties mm-hmm. are really cool mechanics a really interesting take on uh tribal, tribal. And I want it to be at least, I'm not saying it has to be awesome, but you know, could it at least not be a total joke? Like it's when I see someone playing party, I'm like, oh, that's cute. I respect that. Mm -hmm. Like I see what you're trying to do, but I already know I'm like 95% to win because like their deck is just going to beat itself Mm -hmm. because the cards aren't there. Is that too much to ask? That The cards are at least like pretty good. If you get a full party, the cards should be decent because that's pretty hard to accomplish. And instead they're just like, oh, a mild buff.
0: So this is something. Do you think they would ever rebalance cards just to change their creature types? Like are there cards in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms where they're like, you know what? We are going to rebalance some of those cards to change the creature types so they fit in the party. Would they do that?
1: I don't I think they could like they could justify that. I think it would have to come with a buff to the other stuff like mm-hmm. oh here's an update. We buffed Linvala the party card. We buffed the one drop party cleric card.
0: We buffed we the buffed, black you know, red the one. Four one drop
1: warrior. And then we made some of these other cards like a rogue and a mm-hmm. wizard and that would make more sense rather than if it's just like one random card changes to a from a shaman to a wizard or something. But uh, I think they definitely could do that, but it'd have to be, like I said, kind of part of a bigger party update so that people were like, oh, oh. that makes sense.
0: What they need to do, honestly, is make City Stalker Connoisseur a rogue. Like, that would... There, there you go, yeah. That
1: yeah. just card needs a buff. It needs <laughs> yeah, to go in more decks. It
0: needs to okay, go in so. more decks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, not, I'm not seeing it enough. It's definitely not gotten to the point where every time my opponent has four mana... I'm like 90% sure that's what's going to happen. And it actually happens at about that rate. Yeah. I
0: do want to say, as I'm looking back at some of these alchemy cards, that um, w- patient zero is nowhere to be found. That's the card that remembers damage. Yeah. <laughs> um And yeah. it makes it more hearthstone-y. No one plays that card. And it is not... It, it just sucks.
1: <laughs> um, I really want a... I think they might have already buffed it, but I want another buff to old Get Drug Monster. Okay. I want it buffed until it's playable, and I will keep asking for it until that happens.
0: Uh, then I want a buff on Light Paws, where you can put enchantments on your opponent's creatures when you tutor them. There you go. That's what I want. Yeah.
1: That doesn't seem overpowered for alchemy.
0: No, you just like, hey, I can have my removal or my, my buff stuff come in on because there's like so many auras that you can't play with light paws that just suck (laughs) like oh in fact
1: one way to combat what's going on would be to invest in like things that are card advantage but don't just put cards in your hand because Mm -hmm. then you're actually like just not doing anything against discard but if you have other versions of card advantage
0: that's true get
1: around actually holding the card in your hand that uh, that could do something against discard
0: I uh, like I'm not against a meta where discard and the card advantage is like the 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 thing to do. I think that is really interesting. We just yeah. need more things that can combat uh discard
1: right. It feels like people are going way out of their way to counter a specific deck and then still losing to that deck, yes, which is a rough. that's not a good spot for a meta game, no matter what the deck is, even if mm. it's your favorite deck it still sucks
0: so yeah, I think uh. I think there there is some stuff. I'm I'm excited to see what they come up with. We'll we'll see this week, but yeah, Alchemy needs some. Before it felt fairly like balanced, and then very recently it was like, whoa, fuck, it is (laughs) off the rails, out of control. So luckily, we get we get something sooner than New Capena, which you were talking about enabling three colors. Well, New Capena is going to do that for us. We're getting a band land, so we're we're or whatever it's called. There we go, party deck is back, baby.
1: There you go. <laughs> you know, as long as they buff up about ten cards for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just, do so, what, just do what you did with venture, but for party. You know, my, it's seemingly minor buffs, but to all of the key pieces, so the deck actually
0: becomes playable. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So Jeff, I know that uh, we're, we're kind of. Closing out on our alchemy discussion, I'm complaining too much. You're giving some really great ideas. <laughs> but I think <laughs> No, I'm giving some very far fetched ideas. They're sure. not gonna buff a mechanic
1: that's about to rotate out in a mere like six months or whatever. That
0: is true. That you're 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 right. Um, but I think it is time for last call. So as we move into our rating portion of this evening, of course we need to talk about our rating scale which is a scale that goes from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Look at that. How crazy. Um, As always...
1: It's funny when things work out.
0: Yeah, right? Um, But this has nothing to do with your personal tier in Arena. This is just a fun way to rate beers. We are not throwing shade on anyone in any specific tier. However, bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. We hate them. Uh, You have to pour them down the sink because they're so bad you cannot finish them.
1: Silver beers, these are macro brews, or basically just, you know, beers that don't have a lot going on. We were joking off air earlier that every Pilsner we've ever tried seems to f- find its way into this category, so.
0: <laughs> Which we're hoping to amend at some point. We are... To rectify. Yeah, we're, we're working on our, on our taste buds. Um, gold beers are fine, but you probably wouldn't really drink them again.
1: Yeah, platinum, these are...
0: Exact, you know,
1: sort of the other end of that spectrum. They're they're solid, and you you would drink these again.
0: Diamond are exceptional beers. You would recommend these to your friends and bring them to parties <laughs> if you ever go to a party.
1: What, what's that? I, I don't know. What you're yeah, about. like like there's a rogue, there's a wizard, <laughs> <laughs> and mythic is the best of the best. Um, yeah, I mean nothing nothing else to say. These are absolutely top tier.
0: Yeah, just your favorite things. In the worlds...
1: Alright, I think I'm ready.
0: Mm-hmm. I am ready. Alright, here you go. Three, two, two. one. Grandel's Revenge. revenge. Alright, yeah. so... You had a moment of doubt, but we knew where you were coming back to. We knew. We knew.
1: Yeah. So I think it was gonna be an absolute... Uh, Smashing? Like, coming in, I was just like, this isn't even gonna be close. But it... I guess Grendel's Revenge. I think I was just over hyped on, because it was still really good. But I think I was just expecting, some uh, another level, and then these. I've just come to be like, ah, oh, it's just a a dank IPA with a gross face on it. You know, I think I came in like under expecting for that one, mm-hmm. and so the bar just got closer than I was expecting it to be at the end. But um, no, Grendel's Revenge. It's one of the better. Uh, Oud Bruins, I've tried to say. Um, it's def- definitely top five, top ten Ood Bruin that I've had. Um, it's it's pretty good, but it's a little more. I don't just say it's. I guess it was more mellow than I was expecting. Like really? it describes it as having tobacco and then being earthy and then hitting raisin and sweet and sour. And I was expecting more of a roller coaster ride than I got i think like this just I, I, I think just if that description weren't there i might have actually gone on that roller coaster ride but because that description is there i was expecting like a harsher i don't know how to describe it i was expecting like whoa 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 because
0: <laughs> whoa. <laughs> like <clears throat> i was um this can safely i think i can say that this is the best oud brun i've ever had um yeah, wow. I, that's high praise. Yeah, it's high high praise there. Just because um, I don't know if I've ever had this style of beer before. Um, but I don't know if I've ever pronounced
1: the style of beer correctly. So, <laughs> I, I have no idea.
0: Um, but it once I knew it was like a mixture of different um, aged beers, we've had some aged beers before. Uh, and we've had farmhouse stuff and all those kinds of things. So I'm used to those types of flavors. And this was like... It did feel a little bit like an explosion when I first tasted it. It was like, whoa, this is, I don't yeah. even, and I didn't have very high expectations. So it could have been, I was pretty low on it and then I came up to it. And so I think we, we kind of met in the middle there. But, um, I
1: honestly think if I hadn't read the, oh, it's going to start tobacco and earthy and then go into fruity and then finish as like sweet and sour. I was like, man, if I didn't read that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe my experience would have been totally different.
0: <laughs> I think I've read like rich tobacco on enough and like earthy notes on enough wine labels that I'm just like, eh, it doesn't matter. Like to me, I'm like, eh. Like, is that going to be there? No. <laughs> yeah, it's going to taste not. like
1: tobacco and leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've for sure, for before. sure.
0: And then you drink it and you're like, okay, it tastes like rubber bands. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, That's
1: what they meant. Dirty rubber bands.
0: Dirty rubber bands. Like old pennies. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I like it in a weird... like. Like way that you're a kid and you eat random shit that's around your house. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the
1: adult way of experiencing that. Yeah.
0: Everybody likes eating dirty rubber bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, do you have a tier for this beer?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: Um, I'm putting it on you. You brought it.
1: Put it on me. You know what? I'm I. I think this one's close, but I, I got to put this one in platinum because I just expected expected greatness and I got goodness.
0: I'm going to put this in diamond. I liked this. This was weird. I would get this yeah. again and I would tell people about this fucking weird I'm, thing.
1: I'm going to get it again, though. Yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm going to try it again a different time to like go through the experience again. But I think my expectations, it's going to be one of those things where next time my expectations will be too low mm-hmm. and I'll be like, oh my God, this was amazing. And then the third time, maybe. I'll yeah, have it'll a medium
0: be medium expectations. <laughs> so it'll be like right on the border, and you'll you'll find it. Um, but no, I I, I really yeah. like this. And then I'll feel
1: discover how much I
0: actually like it. Yeah, it's uh, and it definitely feels like you know a, a bottle that comes with a cork and is eight percent feels worth it for like kind of the price tag that comes with it. Um, nothing That's true. nothing yeah. against the the bottle that was not corked but it does have a certain kind of air to it um but with that let's move on to the dank scary fucking face of shadow chaser that's a fucking shadow chaser is that what that is like your shadows are scary but this is what chases your shadows away that's
1: like this makes me what's that called like the uncanny valley or whatever when it's like something weirds you out when it's you could tell it's humanoid but it doesn't really look like oh, a human there's yeah. that like really eerie thing that goes on you can tell it has yeah. something like something also known as that going on yeah
0: here. yeah it's like purposefully placing features of a face in the wrong places to freak you out and also having skin of like flowers but like scary flowers i don't even know Right, and the background is like acid. You're gonna say
1: also known as. Do you know what it's actually called? Because uh, I'm only like. Oh, I don't. S- I'm, I'm only like s- yeah. Said the uncanny valley, but that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me either. So, <coughs> yeah.
0: No, I was gonna say also known as um, a bad artist. <laughs> Not that this is bad, uh, yeah. but in the in, it has an air of it where it looks like someone didn't know where uh, the anatomy of a body was. And so they put them in the wrong yeah. place. But this artist knows that they're purposely putting them in the wrong That's place. That's what I was going to say. You can, yes. you can
1: tell that they do It's like a Picasso kind of yes. thing. Where it's like, you know, that uh, he knows that this is not what, exactly. where things are on the face. Um,
0: but it could be but similar yeah. to like a child's drawing where the mouth is in the wrong place and the nose is weird. You know, but it right. it's
1: just not quite lined
0: up. Exactly. But it's sort
1: of in the right spot. But
0: it's close. Yeah. Um but it has a detail to it that no you you can tell that it is a skilled artist making this piece, um, which makes it scary. <laughs> you know, like it, right, yeah. it doesn't look like a child's drawing. It looks like uh, it's it just it's it's unsettling. It's very unsettling. Um, but the beer, I did like this too. I like this a lot. I I agree with you that they right? were close. I just. I Think I knew straight out the gate that I I knew I wanted to pick the other one, and when I tasted this one, it just it took me a while to get into it. Like coming off of the um, uh, Grendel's Revenge, uh, coming back down into an IPA world to get back to this. But I think this is really good. Um, I'm really impressed with Indie. I I like before this we we've had in uh, Instigator, uh, which I liked, mm-hmm. but uh, these other ones are really. Really
1: surprising. I mean, me. I would say say that, but and then at the end of the day, I've given all of their beers platinum, but mm-hmm. or I guess the spoiler for what I'm going to give this <laughs> one. But I picked the other one, and mm-hmm. this one, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give it a higher rating than the the one I picked. Yeah. But uh, I I feel like these are probably like platinum, but a step ahead of Instigator for me. Yeah. Uh, And Grendel's Revenge could be one of those ones that, like, who knows? Maybe it'll be a mythic beer for me after I try it a few more times. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, the the time it takes for me to understand it is similar to the time it takes to ferment, you know? Just
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: not, like, have one beer and understand it right away kind of thing.
0: It's like a good movie that takes you a while to get, you know? You see all the pieces, right? Um, it's like a great magic card that was underlooked in the previous season. But then once the, the format started to fall into place, uh, the metagame made it shine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I agree that uh, Shadow Chaser is fucking horrifying, but platinum. Uh, but I would definitely get yeah. this. I don't buy Instigator very often because I just think it's, it just kind of feels like a scary logo. This one is a really good beer though. And I like these hops too, so... Yeah um
1: this one's just like instigator but more they mm-hmm. went scarier on the logo <laughs> and a better is, beer is, i guess it's not more in like abv it's actually quite a bit less than Instigator.
0: i think it's like a point less maybe i think um is instigator six i can't remember anyway 6.5 but in any case I feel like
1: instigator was fairly high
0: but... i don't remember um I just can't keep. I can't. Guys, that
1: was like thirty episodes ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, we did Instigator at in episode <laughs> forty-five. Is episode okay. oh, Not quite thirty, but close, yeah. close. Um, it's
1: Twenty-five episodes, a guy. got good guy. Ah, <laughs> go! Oh my god, <laughs> big bottles.
0: Yeah, with that, uh, Jeff. You know, we went from left field, which was small beers, and now we have big bottles. So uh, it hits. Yeah. You know, we're not no, really. Now used we're to overcompensating. It. Yeah. Yeah um but i think we're coming into last call with jeff not being able to (laughs) to complete a sentence and me not being able to complete sentences for the last 30 minutes um so (laughs) anyway um you can always reach us at arena regulars on twitter and instagram Yes, you can also
1: find us on MTG Arena under the username Arena Regulars Podcast.
0: If you want to find me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z U L B E R G, on Twitter and Instagram. But, Jeff, where can they find you?
1: I technically do have a Twitter account. <laughs> at Blues Brews MTG, B-L-U-E-S, B-R-E-W-S, MTG.
0: You should have seen Jeff. He was crazy after the Oscars. He was tweeting up a storm about Will Smith slapping <laughs> Chris Rock um you it's it's insane jeff is a twitter fiend so you should go follow him because he he, he's on he's he's got his finger on the the hot topics um (laughs) wait will smith slapped chris rock (laughs) (laughs) um and also even i know that yeah yeah (laughs) please leave us a review on apple Podcasts, on itunes follow us on spotify and anywhere you've been listening to this podcast uh and and rate us anywhere that you can all of those ratings actually mean a great deal to us they really help us grow the podcast um go to our youtube channel give us a like tell us hey you should put more youtube videos on this channel because there aren't enough youtube videos here <laughs> um and and just uh comment on on our things we love to talk to all of you and we've had some really great feedback about our recent episodes so we um it, it give you know it makes us feel really nice so um we would love to To hear your feedback. Yeah. Warms the heart. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that alchemy
1: is a dumpster fire.
0: Good night. All right. That's fine.